Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Alters and Oyalt Reloaded. How are you going today, Alters? I cannot complain. Uh, once again, sitting in my lounge room, but now I've got a coffee with me. I've been off the caffeine for about a month or so, so I'm having a oh, little no. bit of a relapse. Long black? Cappuccino? Yeah. Uh, instant. <laughs> I justified it by uh, getting a cheap instant jar and saying, oh, I'll make some pudding and I'll use this for like a, a sauce or something. We've been talking about doing that for a while. Yeah, yeah. And I've had like half of it now. That sounds all right. Coffee sauce. Yeah, like it's this self-sourcing chocolate pudding and the uh, sauce is made up of um, brown sugar, cocoa, and then you pour boiling water on it and then you put it in the oven. So I figured I might just put a little bit of coffee in with that mix. Nestle? Uh, no, black and gold. <laughs> Very good. Just, but for just, all I know, black and gold's owned by Nestle. Yeah. I don't know, <laughs> Who knows? Just double checking. <laughs> Yeah, you, yeah, you pulled me up on that one. Yeah, good call, good call. <laughs> oh, I I caught myself the other day. I was eating some chocolate infused freckle smarty thing, and I just looked at the packet. Nestle. So man, I am gonna miss Kit Kats. Not oh, yeah. normal Kit Kats, Kit Kat chunkies. Oh, mm. they are so thick. <laughs> no, we're just gonna have all our listeners going out, and they're just getting. They're like, yes, we want Kit Kats. <laughs> Stay strong. Yeah. Solidarity, people. <laughs> the no smoking signs. What? No smoking signs? What? Yeah. What, the, no um, Kit Kats? <laughs> no, the, the tobacco companies were really for the no smoking signs because it made people think about cigarettes regardless and they still want a cigarette. Really? Yeah. That's dumb. Well, they, well, people not not were, necessarily the tobacco companies or the signs, but people's brains. That's, yeah. like, that's dumb that we work that way. Yeah, they saw them like no smoking. Like, oh, damn it. No sign's going to be the boss of me. <laughs> or, you know, no smoking or whatever. You know, I'm a sign, not a cop. <laughs> uh, and speaking of cops, that comes. That's a very loose little thread there that we can link to today's episode topic. Uh, the arrest of Friendly Geordie's producer. Yes, thank you, Simpsons. The thread with which we stitch together all our topics. <laughs> Hey, look, Simpsons did it, so we might as well just use the foundation they have built. Yeah, it's a solid, solid bedrock. <laughs> um, all right. So in case you haven't noticed or if you're unaware, uh, recently there's there's two sort of cases here. You've got a civil case and then you've got a the other one, criminal. Uh, criminal case that's happening in the in New South Wales with uh what is he prime uh he's a minister the deputy premier there we go he's um i think he's the leader of the nationals in New South Wales okay um so the deputy premier John Barillaro John Pork Barillaro (laughs) um he has sued a journalist comedian an artist that we've brought up a lot or a, a little bit in this podcast, uh, Friendly Geordies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with the situation, I would suggest you jump onto YouTube and watch all of Friendly Geordies videos relating to uh, John Barillaro and everything going on there. There's been quite a lot of them. It's been going on for a while. 
So jump onto YouTube or better yet, jump onto Patreon and uh, support through that. Uh, the more views and clicks that they get, the more sort of coverage they get and the more power they get to fight these accusations and defend themselves. Yeah. Uh, there's also a fund, I believe, set up as well. Is that on Patreon? I'm not too sure. Uh, if you go to the Friendly Geordie's website, you can get a link to it from there. Or if you go to Kevin Rudd's website, you can see an article from him where he um, explains why he donated to the legal fund and so, outlines some of his concerns. There you go. You even There's actually a few interviews from the old K. Rudd on his YouTube channel. And that goes to show a former Prime Minister of Australia is behind uh, Mr. Shanks as well. Yep, K. Rudd and Geordie's shitty drive radio team, it sounds like. <laughs> K. Rudd and Geordie's in the evenings. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he's like, they, they're tight. <laughs> they sat down and recently um, did a sort of critique over the um, hit piece from Sky News, that documentary of Malcolm Turnbull and Kevin Rudd, The Men in the Mirror or whatever it was called. Okay, I didn't see that one. The last one I saw was the interview. Where they, I think they discussed why they talked uh, about their favourite uh, Warhammer stuff, didn't they? Yes, the Warhammer and the Royal Commission towards the Murdoch media, which we've also covered. Uh, yeah, I haven't stayed too up to too up to date on that one. I should probably see how that's going. I think everyone's just waiting for him to die. To be honest. Yeah, but I've heard <laughs> that I've heard that his son's even more extreme or has got more extreme beliefs than him. So maybe we're okay. going to want that. But I don't know. I don't know if his son's getting all of it or it's being split up. I don't know. It's well, I heard one's like really against them. I have heard that as well. I mean, he's got like six kids or something, doesn't he? I don't know. Just... Or is that the number of wives that Murdoch had? I don't know. He's, <laughs> yeah. he's, got, he's got people in his life. He's got a lot of people. Uh, I've, I've got my, you've, you've, I've lost my train of thought. It's all over. It sounds like that's your fault. Don't, don't you put that evil on me. I didn't do that to you. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Um, there's like a, a, a Facebook page or a Twitter page that's like, is Mur Rupert Murdoch still alive? And every day they just tweet, they just write, yes. yes. And that's it. <laughs> yeah, I think. <laughs> Day 4062, still breathing. Uh, now for the arrest, have you seen the footage of the arrest? Yeah, I watched the uh, video. The video? Where did you watch the video for that one? Uh, YouTube. No, wait. You I think I watched that on, yeah, YouTube. Because there's one, there's a, a Michael West one that covers it. I mean, I believe probably Friendly Geordies has also put up a video on the arrest. Because mm -hmm. I, I actually haven't seen any of the videos yet. I've seen footage, but I actually haven't gone and watched an actual full video on this one. I'd, I'd suggest that you do because it's actually got, the interesting thing about it is that um, one of the alleged incidents that uh, he was arrested for, he actually filmed himself doing it. So he filmed himself approaching John Barillaro, okay. and that was one of the alleged incidents. And so he filmed it. So they've got video evidence of what happened, and they highlight some of the discrepancies between the police report and what Jared, John Barillaro said and what you can see from the producer, Christo, on the video. Okay. So that's that's good. That's good for them. Yeah, that is good for them. I think, and they're also looking for uh, CCTV footage from near the area where it happened. 
Because basically what's happened is John Barlow is suing Friendly Geordies, which is the civil matter for defamation. Um, for what his legal team calls a series of vile and racist videos. And then, alleging corruption and wrongdoings from John Barilaro and his team. And then you've got uh, Geordie's uh, producer that has approached John Barilaro two times, six weeks apart, and then that has caused this uh, criminal arrest. Is correct. That, is that correct as, as far as I have read up on? Yeah, that's that's correct. Again, go watch the videos to because they'll detail the exact charges being laid and the exact incidents being laid. One of the big things that's come from this is the police unit that was. So this is what's raised a lot of eyebrows. Well, as well as the journalist being arrested, the the unit that was utilised to make the arrest has raised a few eyebrows. The fixated persons investigation unit. So it's a. It's sort of like a sub-team within the um, – or a sort of middle team between New South Wales regular police force and their counter-terrorism unit, sort of like a middle ground with that. So, so that, like- that was that was formed after the um, uh, the Lint Cafe siege back in 2017. Mm-hmm. I remember that one. Yeah. Should I go into that now or should we keep talking about – Yeah, go into, the, go into the unit. Let's discuss the unit. So the Fixated Persons Investigation Unit, or the uh, FPIU, so it was initially formed back in 2017. Uh, Commissioner Mick Fuller announced the Fixated Persons Unit would be made up of police officers and mental health specialists. The idea is to identify vulnerable people at risk of exposure to extremist material and um, also possible... so it's it's acts as a middle ground between normal police action and counterterrorism units. So mm-hmm. someone may not fall under the counterterrorism or fall into what the counterterrorism unit would assess as a terrorist and investigate, but they might be worthy of still being investigated by police, in which case it would go to this task force. So it was initially billed as a two-pronged unit, and the way it was set up, it had the discretion to say, if it should be a police-driven response or a mental health-driven response, depending on what was needed. So whenever something would come to them, they were meant to do a risk assessment on the person, and from there they can make that assessment of, should we just go arrest this person, or is this a police matter, or do we have to refer this to the mental health team or uh, uh, New South Wales Health and approach it from that way? Okay. So it's been it's been used uh, a lot. Uh, some famous instances of it. Are, so I found examples of it uh, of Daniel Andrews being threatened by someone within New South Wales and mm-hmm. them acting on that. A man was uh, harassing a, a mayor and a state MP in the Blue Mountain regions for over a decade, making accusations of sexual assault and. Um, uh, child abuse, things like that. So he was harassing them by email, phone, social media, letters. So he was arrested for that. And also um, Latrell Mitchell, uh, an NRL player, referred uh, a matter to this or to New South Wales Police and it went to this unit for being uh, racially abused online. Mm-hmm. So from what I've read with it, it seems like it's a good idea. It was a recommendation from the uh, the 
coroner after the Link Cafe massacre in that, or the Link Cafe siege, because they identified there's a, there's this sort of grey middle ground between a counterterrorism unit and normal police work where this person has slipped through the gaps, and if we'd done more in this area, we could have maybe identified them earlier and acted on a lot of these warning signs. And the idea of it being a joint unit with police and uh, health practitioners sounds like a great idea where they can make an assessment of how to approach it. It sounds like the way a lot of people, when a lot of the Black Lives Matter things were really kicking off during the pandemic last year, it sounds like the way, well, at least the start to the way people wanted policing to happen, policing more with a community focus, with a mental health focus and less of a law and order focus. Yeah, no, that's it. it from what I can tell, this does sound like a really good idea. And um, I guess it's just, I mean, you can have a really good idea. The execution, though, is critical as well, isn't it? Yeah. So one thing that sort of jumps out with me on this is Mick Fuller, the police commissioner in New South Wales. I think he's still the police commissioner. He also has the power to label someone as a fixated person without a risk assessment being done. Okay. So that's one issue that I would find with it. Someone being able to skip some of those steps and label someone a fixated person and start action on these things without the risk assessment. That's a bit of an issue. Like you said, that execution. And for Friendly Geordie's case, are we able to get any information on how the unit operated or worked for these arrests? So I couldn't find any specific... So one thing I found very interesting was the second incident that John Barilawa alleged on June 4th, that was the same day that Christo was arrested. Okay, that's yeah, that's raising alarms then because if they're meant to go to, and this is the one he's filmed or not? The one he's filmed, yeah. Okay, so if they're meant to go through a mental health... Not, not a mental, Advice. it's a joint risk assessment. So it's meant okay. to be between police and mental health practitioners. So if anything, that makes it more complicated. That's what I'm saying. And they've acted yeah. so quick. So what happened on the mental health practitioner's end? Then? Yeah, so you wonder how quickly was a risk assessment done or has John Barilaro potentially gone to Mick Fuller and said, this is getting out of hand, I need you to do something. And Mick Fuller has the power to assess someone as a fixated person and skip those steps getting out of hand but i mean is it really getting out of hand i mean i've i've read the article or the piece that was written from kevin rudd and he was saying like the media would frequently camp outside his house stake out his electorate office, and even his local church on a sunday where he once found a reporter lurking in the pew behind himself apparently trying to eavesdrop yeah, I suppose I mean out of hand from brothers' perspective. I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy. <laughs> that sort of oh, these guys—they're really pissing me off. Uh, that sort of that sort of thing. So he he as a deputy premier may have gone directly to the uh, police commissioner or the minister for uh, police in New South Wales and you know escalated it from there. So a fixated person is defined. Uh, where did I get this from? From from uh, uh, this is a paper on um, emergency management of counterterrorism that was uh, I think written in 2018. A fixated person has an obsessive preoccupation that they pursue to an excessive degree. This could be a fixation on a public office holder or a cause. Fixated persons are assessed and overseen by a joint initiative of the New South Wales Police Force Counterterrorism and Special Tactics Command and New South Wales Health. 
Police and health jointly decide on the actions required to manage a fixated person where they pose a threat to the safety of an individual or section of the community. Intervention and disruption are based on the threat level and the risk factors associated with each person. The Fixated Persons Investigation Unit is the key New South Wales Police Force team responsible for investigating fixated person cases in New South Wales. Health may work with the local mental health service to support the individual to engage in treatment. The process, this process complements our robust counter-terrorism arrangements by seeking to deal with individuals who are not classified as terrorist risks, but are assessed as presenting a threat. Okay. And what was, so then what was the threat? <laughs> this is what I want to know. What was the threat? Asking too many questions? Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, some of the examples that I found were someone over, over the last 10 years, uh, writing threatening emails and posting on social media and making accusations. Um, other examples I found were people having a, a car bombed and being stalked. It's used heavily in um, uh, like instances of domestic violence, family violence, that sort of stuff. So a lot of reoccurring stuff. Like a fixated person is fixated on someone. They're doing this stuff over and over again constantly rather than in this instance it seems to be two times six weeks apart yeah and that's and sort of doing their job as well well i suppose that's why this is another reason why this is interesting this may set a precedent in court i mean could someone be has i don't know if someone has been sort of prosecuted in this way by this team for doing their job Mm-hmm. I mean, that could set an interesting precedent. What's going to happen to the state of journalism then? Well, yeah, that again, another interesting precedent, like uh, as well as for defamation cases and for the use of this unit. I mean, that that's a really interesting thing about this precedent being set. As soon as a precedent is set, it sets a course of action that people can take, politicians can take to fight against scrutiny or to fight against uh, accusations of corruption without going through the normal proper channels that you would get. Just got this imagery of like a politician being interviewed and it's just like, that's enough questions. Take them away, boys. And the police just come out and arrest them. Takes a fudge off, eh? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what a lot of people are concerned about. To the extent uh, some other MPs have called for this to be referred to the Law Enforcement Conduct Commission. So that's an independent commission that only answers to, it should only answer to a parliamentary joint committee. And they're, they're essentially the, um, the Office of Police Integrity in New South Wales. Okay. All right. Very good. Very good. It's well, a bit not not like, very good. This is not bad. Very good. No, it's, it's, yeah, I was going to say, it's a bit like, I was going to say anxiety in, inducing because it's, it's like, so now what happens? Because so they've arrested the producer. Is he still in custody? No, no, he was released on bail, and okay. there was a very strict um, sort of set of conditions for his bail. Let me see if I can find it. I know one of the things was that he wasn't able to. Um, let me see if I can find it. Christo bail. He's not allowed to have any photos. Is that right? He's not allowed to have any photos or caricatures of um, John Barillaro. John because I remember reading them too, as well. 
Uh, so he's not allowed to have any photos of characters, caricatures of John Barillaro. He's not allowed to get out of here, pop up, comment on his um, appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, bail, bail they're, they're, yeah, bail they're effectively treating him like a stalker, really, than a, a journalist. So they're giving him the same, I guess, the same conditions that a, some sort of obsessive stalker would have, wouldn't they? Well, yeah, and that's what I sort of said in a, a Twitter post. He's not some creep hiding in the shadows, stalking people, you know, <laughs> standing outside a windows, you know, just slowly cutting his hand, that sort of thing. Um, he's just some, he's only 21 too. He's just some kid who's found a platform or organization that he can fight for what he believes in. Like he's got a cause that he can fight for and he's got people around him who he can fight for it with. He's not, he's not a bad guy. Like if anything, he's probably, he's done more in his life. He's contributed more in his life than I've ever contributed to society. And he's still, I'm, I'm guessing from the footage that I saw, he was at his parents' house. Like, he's still living at home, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's only 21. He's so he's still studying at university because he was at university that day, still living at home. Yeah. Yeah. So it, as far as we can tell, it does look like an abusive power. And for it to coincide with a defamation case, it just even makes John Barrow look more corrupt. Well, yeah, and I suppose the other thing about it, I what I really wanted to find while I was doing research is what is the risk assessment process for this unit? What what steps do you go through to do that risk assessment? Um, yeah. And what has to be addressed or what levels of scrutiny uh, is it under before they sort of say, yes, police action or no, this is a New South Wales health thing. They should be approaching it. So one, that it happened the same day, the arrest happened the same day as one of the alleged incidents, that would indicate that there was really no risk assessment performed or if there was, not a complete one. Because as you were saying, like, the other threats were what? Car bombs, stalking for over 10 years. And as we discussed earlier, like, there are other cases and other domestic violence cases and those issues as well that don't get as don't get acted on as quickly. Hmm. Like, ex- exactly. And for one, thing, one, one guy that I was reading up on was charged with 73 different offences. Okay, yes. Like, by, by the very nature of these people, they're obsessed and they are charged with lots of offences because they are committing, they are, they are doing lots of acts. And they've probably already got a restraining order taken out on them and they're probably breaking those restraining orders and things like that. Potentially, I yeah. I would imagine. And did you see any of this? Have you? Has, do you know if any of the mainstream media has covered any of this? So to varying degrees. So I think everyone's done an article on it. The level of which their articles go into is mm-hmm. what's interesting. So things like, um, uh, so the 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 depth they go into. What I sort of mean is that quest. Do they question the use of the unit that was used? Do they provide comments from the legal team representing Friendly Geordies and Christo? Do they question the process that was followed or the unit that was followed? So I think everyone's covered it, but you can see from some uh, organisations the, the the headlines as well are interesting. Um, a lot of them will say just a basic headline like Friendly Geordies uh, producer arrested for 
stalking and they paint that picture early, whereas some of them are more critical of it. And then have you, did you see what happened on Facebook? The Common Sense Brigade getting taken yes. down? Yes, did you see that one? I've or heard about that one. Did. I'm not as familiar with that one. Are you? Uh, I've just had an article here from Michael West Media by Callum Foote. Uh, it's titled The State vs. Friendly, Friendly Terror Suspect. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's more. Uh, and then it's got Google, Facebook, 2SM, which is a radio station, dragged into a Balalaro. Balalaro? Balalaro. Uh, so, and it just goes on to say, like, Dan Andrews is okay with dictator Dan. Like, I mean, how much did he cop that? Well, I think one of the things that the reason it got taken down was. Uh accusations of um, breaching hate speech guidelines on Facebook, one of those being putting uh, John Barillaro's head on a picture of Mussolini and on yep. a picture of Mussolini next to Hitler. And people, <laughs> people have dream yeah, I know, it's pretty, and calling it uh, Barillaro Mussolini or yep. comparing him to well, that's, Benito that's Mussolini. the next statement it says, but not John Barillaro as uh, Benito Mussolini apparently. Yeah, people have been photoshopping Dan Andrews head on to Stalin, not just random people, but news agencies as well, calling him Dictator Dan, likening to him to a, a Soviet-era tyrant. But then you look at the flip side and apparently it's not okay if we do it to Barilaro for clamping down on uh, journalists and free speech. Yeah, just, yeah. And so what's happened is the... Facebook page, the Common Sense Brigade, got, to, which was set up by Friendly Geordie's team, was acting as a hub for anti-LNP um, meme creation, mm -hmm. got registered as a dangerous organization by Facebook and taken down. Yeah, so, so it's, a lot of this stuff is just the willingness of the two, the willingness of what either side is willing to do. So the willingness of what Labor are willing to, because they could follow all these these actions as well. They could file lawsuits they could make police reports they could sue because he's suing youtube as well which is like massive i mean the precedent set for that as well you might lose all like if he would have win and youtube had to pay him out you might lose all political satire on youtube yeah that's pretty big yeah so these these options are available to labor as well it's just they don't seem to be shitty enough to use them <laughs> But I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the, so the Common Sense Parade, that got taken down because it uh, ledges the Facebook community standards. And I've got those standards here. So it's any organization or individuals um, that engage in terrorist activity, organized hate or violence, mass or serial murder, human trafficking, and then the last one's criminal, crimi criminal or harmful behavior. No, I think you're reading the wrong part there. I think the last one is excessively dank memes. <laughs> that's the that's the last one. That's the last one. Oh, they're definitely be, guilty then. You must be looking at an old version. That that page should have been taken down a long time ago if that's the case. So dank. <laughs> but also with, with that video, I, I saw Friendly Geordies did tweet that um, the video was briefly delisted by Google. So it wasn't searchable through YouTube or Google. Mm -hmm. um, but by the time I'd come around to that, it had been relisted. So that was interesting as well. So the 
this was the video detailing the arrest of uh, his producer, Christo, is it Lanker? Yeah, Lanker. Yeah. Is that how you pronounce it? Sorry. I'm, my pronunciation is sometimes, you know, I, good or miss. I, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it. I initially knew him as Rat Boy from the, from the <laughs> pod. Rat Boy. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Get over here, Rat Boy. <laughs> um, oh, there we go. So I'm just trying to... Do you think that was just algorithm stuff that was happening? That just was there flags up, or no. what's going on here? For I, I think that would YouTube that would be... absolutely be a response from YouTube for getting sued or getting threatened to get sued. The first thing you would do is um, take it down, regardless of what happens after that point. So, say you were found to be in the wrong, you can then release a statement saying, "As soon as we realised we were in the wrong, we." Um, uh, took it down uh, and we are cooperating with blah, 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 blah. But if you aren't so sure that you're in the wrong and you bring it up later on, you can say, look, we see no reason as to why this would happen. We're not willing to silence a, a content producer until it's absolutely necessary, that sort of thing. So your first instinct would be take it down and say that you've done what you could and then act from there. Okay. But then they put it back up. Yeah, because they, they might then say, okay, so it's not actually a bad thing that's on here. They give the, they, they're essentially just giving themselves time to assess what's going on and decide whether it should be there or not. Yeah, okay, no, that's fair enough. Or that maybe is... not even decide whether it should be there, but decide whether they're obligated or legally required to take it down. Yeah. No, I'm just it's just, I guess, the timing of it as well. That's what I'm trying to work out. What about the timing just... concerns you? Because, I mean, it's absolutely it's absolutely linked. Like, does this, it's, that's that's what I'm saying, because it's linked, but were they just ready and they're just like, all right, here's their video down straight away? Maybe. I mean, there's been, a, it's followed a pretty solid pattern of John Barillaro or a journalist for Sydney Morning Herald or um, a journalist that he's sort of feeding information to does something and then Geordie's and that team react with a video or something and then they're caught with egg on their face or they, there's no further response from them. Maybe this time they've changed their tactic up to try and silence the response. Okay. Okay. Because, I mean, if you, did it, if you did it that way, the way it would be presented in mainstream media and by Barilaro's team is I was being stalked by this person. If you can silence the response, that's the, that's the narrative. It's set. Whereas uh, if Geordie's team can quickly get something out and other uh, independent news sources can quickly act on it. You've got two competing narratives rather than one that's just set. That you can't let one narrative sit for too long and become the the uh, the source narrative, the source yeah. content, and everyone else work from that. And everyone and you're trying to change people's opinions later. You got to get it out early. Okay, and then I guess it, it becomes more difficult or. Just because there's cases now involved, so then there's you've got the, the judicial system involved in as well. So, well, I've I've seen a lot of um, instances of news agencies reaching out to the um the, the fixated person unit with questions, asking to clarify things, and all they are generally getting as a response is a definition of what a fixated person is, 
and then a comment saying we are unable to comment on an ongoing investigation. That's what I was saying because it's an ongoing investigation as well. We, you're not we're not going to get much from them, are we? We're not going to get much from the New South Wales Police. Yeah, we're probably not going to get much from uh, the the Nationals or John Barillaro's team. They'll probably comment on. Or they'll probably throw out that line of we're not going to comment on an ongoing police investigation or we're not going to comment on a civil matter still before the courts or yet to go before the courts. I don't know if that would be the case with uh, Friendly Geordies. I don't think he'd mind no. too much. <laughs> but I'm saying also the courts can then come in and say you can't say anything on this ongoing case. Yeah, I think there are instances. I don't know if it's just a blanket thing. You can't talk about an ongoing case, but absolutely, there there would be times when that's applicable. Yeah, that's that's what I'm trying to think. Like, we're not going to really get anything until this goes through the the legal system, are we? No, and I've seen um, I've listened. I, I like to listen to the Friendly Geordie's podcast, and what he says is he would he wants this to go through the legal system. He wants it to go before a court. Uh, and before a jury, doesn't want to settle anything out of court. He wants it to go before the people and present that case so it's on record. Oh, that's kind of good then. I guess that will... When he, when you say that case, is he talking? are you talking about the civil case? I'm talking about the civil case. I don't know what yeah. his... Um, I haven't listened to a podcast since the arrest, so I don't I mean, know what their musings sorry. are on that. Because I was going to say, he he technically doesn't... So I'm trying to think how it would play into, I guess he would be a witness, I guess, in the criminal case and, and he could just say, no, he wasn't stalking or fixated on you. He was just doing his job. He's employed by Friendly Geordies and this is the current stories that we're pursuing. Potentially. I, I suppose it would be for his legal team to say whether that's a good strategy because they're the same lawyers representing both of them. So okay. it's it's a joint considered effort. Um, for both of them, I believe. Hmm. That's yeah. I guess that is that. Does it get a discount? Two for one. Yeah. <laughs> He's not a Domino's. <laughs> I think the journal, the guy who's representing them. Uh, what's his name? Mark Davis. He he won a Walkley for well, journalism. Yeah. He's an impressive dude. That's I, I did hear this as well. I think that it was what uh, K Rudd had covered in his little piece that he'd written. I think I think he did. He also is he also representing the whistleblower for the um the, the Australian so soldiers accused of uh, executing Afghan um, civilians and stuff. I'm not I, think too sure. I think he's a fairly but, impressive dude doing a lot of good work. I mean, that's a pretty big case at the moment as well, isn't it? Yeah, that's a, that's then, a pretty big one. I haven't read up on that in ages either. Uh, ben, was it Ben Robert Smith? Yeah, you mentioned that the other day. What's going on with Ben Robert Smith? I just saw... An article where someone's accusing, oh, they're getting they're getting over twenty former Australian soldiers to lie about this man. It's outrageous. And I'm like, well, sitting there, well, I don't know if it's twenty people's word against his. I'm not too sure on that. <laughs> what, what do you know about it? What's going on? Uh, so what's, what's going basically, on, he's going through the courts for war crimes, as well as I think there's other like domestic violence claims and other claims about him as well. There's just all this shit coming out up about him and he's denying um denying everything basically. As you do. 
I mean, that's probably what his lawyer's telling him to do. do deny, deny, deny. Do not admit to any. If you ever, did we talk about this last time? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> my recurring. <laughs> that's my new sign off. Deny, deny, deny. Maybe we should just go to law school together. Alters and no help. Law school. That's the next podcast. Harvey <laughs> Birdman, attorney at law. <laughs> the sun can kill you. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a. That's if a, it could that's... get close enough, it would do it. That's from the episode. <laughs> One of the episodes. If a cow ever got the chance, he'd kill you and everyone you care about, Billy. Got you in my sights. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. So Ben Robert Smith. Woo. That's uh, heavy, heavy stuff. It's very heavy. So he's accused of killing a. 16-year-old, I believe, that was manning a machine gun. Well, that doesn't sound like a war crime. I don't know if you know this, but machine guns are dangerous. I believe. I, I'm, that's just my memory. I, I don't have an actual source for this one. This may or may not be one we might cover in the future. It's pretty pretty full on, though. Like, I mean, there's a... Like, that's a whole pod in itself, I think. Yeah, give the people what they want. Everyone loves a little bit of, you know, violence and mayhem get those ratings okay and then i think also there was a civil case where he was suing some um a newspaper for alleging uh war crimes bullying and domestic violence because he was he was all the rage there for a while like he won um what's what was the medal he won um uh silver cross silver star uh, the high, Australia's highest sort of military honor, whatever. I can't remember. All right, sue me. I, I'm not in the military. I don't know anyone in the military. Get off my back. Don't um, sue any, us or anyone. Don't, don't antagonize the public into doing that. What are you going to do? Take my plants? <laughs> they might. all I got. Just stop caring for them when they take them, and you'll be like, yes, the spider mites are yours. No, no, I got rid of the spider mites. They'll just all be very, very thirsty when you get them. I might go find some eggs for something and put them in there and then they'll hatch and blah. <laughs> uh, anyway, so what was I saying? So um, like he was hosting like documentaries and TV specials for Anzac Day and stuff. He was on the news all the time. They were doing feature articles on him and interviews all the time. He was a big deal for a while there. Yeah, I guess so. And then if you're into that stuff, I mean, war's tricky and shit anyway in general. How <laughs> how in, insightful of you. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. You get paid to go overseas and kill someone, and then they go, oh, actually, wait a minute, you did it wrong. You're a war criminal now. So it, it doesn't, you know, take much. Victoria Cross. He won the Victoria Cross for Australia. That's what he did anyway. There you go. <laughs> and then Mark Latham came out. Uh, I think he was on Twitter, and he was, like, saying that, oh, there's – no such thing as a war crime in there's no such thing as a crime in war. You gotta do what you gotta do to just kill the enemy. And she's like, I don't know, man. That's <laughs> I wouldn't be throwing that out there when we're about to get invaded by China, according to Dutton. Uh yeah, and the have ever heard of the Geneva Convention? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Geneva Convention, Geneva Convention. You're always throwing that in my face. <laughs> Geneva this, Geneva that. Hit me with a wiffle ball bat. I'm very good. I said very good. Oh, hang on. I got to uh, clarify something. We'll make our own casino with blackjack and hookers. Futurama? Yeah, Futurama. Oh, good. Good. Episode two? 
where they go to the moon and uh, they won't let Bender back into the theme park or into the Lunar Lander. There you go. That's an impressive memory you got there. Yeah. <laughs> if only I could use it for something useful. Does he say casino? So the the first time he says theme park. Theme park, okay. And then the second time he says, fine, I'll make my own Lunar Lander with blackjack and hookers. In fact, forget the blackjack and forget the whole thing. So <laughs> I don't think he actually says casino. He's talking about making a theme park and a Lunar Lander. Okay. I think I'm crossing over the, the future armor of the Simpsons where Bart makes a casino. What are you going to do? Make your yeah. own casino in your little treehouse? <laughs> I'd like to see that. And he sure showed me. <laughs> that's, 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 I think I'm getting my. Yeah, you're getting your wires crossed there, buddy. Wires crossed. I'm sorry. Apologize. The Mr. Burns Casino. Get in, Smithers. What's the plane called? The Spruce, Spruce Caboose? Goose. Yeah, Spruce Goose. <laughs> Caboose, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's like, get in the planes with this. That, but, sir, that's just a model. Get in. <laughs> and he's all they're doing the ripoff of um howard hughes and he's all got all the beard and the long nails and he's like the germs and the tissue boxes on his feet yeah <laughs> i believe that's who they're ripping off i think it is isn't it yeah he was a he was a weirdo yeah he always i think he had obviously some sort of autism or something no he was just a weirdo just a weirdo he, he was real weird. weirdo he loved smelling people's butts. He was real weird. Okay. I thought he was, didn't he used to do that thing where if like the peas touched the potato on the plate, he wouldn't eat them. They had to be like organized and all that kind of stuff. I don't know. Maybe organized by size or weight or shade of green. Well, that one. Shade of green. Hard. Let's go with shade of green. That'd be hard. <laughs> um, left, left to right. Cause he was an American, damn it. Yeah. And then you, and then you got to eat him in that order. Sl- slightly getting shade darker each time fair enough yeah well you gotta have a system <laughs> well you just kind of randomly eat things <laughs> he That's... did have a good he did help with the aviation world i mean i'm not gonna sit... we shouldn't be sitting here and slinging shit at him because he was crazy rich he must have done something right he was a very important and influential man and if Ordering peas according to shades of green is what did it then. Fair enough. All right. There you go. You're going to start doing that with your corn now. You've got to be slightly different. No, I don't have time for that. I mean, I'm not Howard Hughes. I'm not that. A man of sheer fucking will of Just, focus. I don't know. Get rich. No, I think, but I think that leads to getting rich. You've got to do it first. Oh, uh, well, why are you doing it then? I don't have time. All right. We're just going into a circle here. There's too much on TV i got to watch. I don't have time to be ordering my peas. This is true. This is true. Like, uh, we're re-watching, um, in honour of the new Fast and the Furious movie uh, coming out, we're re-watching all of those. But is there like 12 of them now? I think the newest one, I think it's number nine. I think it's called uh, Zippy and Snippy. Is that a joke or that's that's a joke? <laughs> okay, good. I wasn't sure for a second then. <laughs> oh god. I don't know. <laughs> I like to call them zippy and snippy movies. Oh dear. I was, I, I was like, I don't know if that's a joke or not. I totally froze. 
Maybe that's the indication that you've jumped the shark. I mean, it's too late. Actually, I did read someone that they wanted to do a crossover with the um, – if you thought that was good, they wanted to do a crossover with the Fast and the Furious movies and the new Jurassic World movies. No, 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 no. Now I know you're joking. No, no, I'm serious. I'm serious. <laughs> let me let me look it up. So let me just Google it. So Zippy and Snippy crossover Jurassic World. Do you know what they were going to make Jurassic Park for? What the the original premise for that movie was? Uh, no. Human dinosaur hybrids. Sweet. No, I I looked at the concept art and shit. I'm just like, I'm so glad they didn't make that movie. Oh, now bring back mean? bring back puppets. Puppets, animatronics. That's, yeah. All right. So I've got an article here titled "Fast and Furious Crossover Would Save." Uh, would save Jurassic World from a boring ending. Uh, oh, yeah, but is, this isn't real, is it? This is just an Fast opinion and piece. Furious Jurassic World crossover rumors and reactions with an excellent picture of Vin Diesel in a car with a Velociraptor wearing shades. Uh, that's funny. That's funny. Speaking of movies, I did check out the Space Jam trailer. Are you ready to jam? No, I'm, I'm always ready to jam. I wasn't. I wasn't sold on it. You're not sold. I'm not sold on it, man. I mean, look, LeBron James is a great man, but I just, I'm not sold on it. I'm not, not into sold. it. No. Yeah, f- fair enough. Maybe it's just because I got an old. I don't is know. that it? Is the son in the movie LeBron James Jr. Bronny Jr. I got no idea actually. I know the wife in the movie isn't his actual wife. I don't know that actress's name, but she's in um. Uh, Star Trek Odyssey. Okay. She's the lead in that. Fair enough. Because I read somewhere once it was like he didn't take... Because LeBron James is number 13, yeah? Well, he... Re- okay. I'm not a basketball person. I don't know. So he's usually been number 23 throughout his career. He's recently changed to number six for the Lakers. I don't know why he's changed. Okay. Because I read somewhere, unless I'm thinking of a different basketball player, that his son didn't want to use the same number as his. And when asked why, he said, I just want to distance myself from my father. And it's like, well, that's going to be a bit hard when you're, you know, LeBron James Jr. Yeah, it's, that's a tough one, buddy. I think he's, <laughs> he's painted you into a corner on that one. He's, to be fair, he did have, you know, several years to plan out these moves and time before you actually gain sentience to plan out these moves. But I think he's got you. Got him, got you there. Now, what I was going to say is, so this, I'm, I'm going to probably keep an eye on this friendly Geordie's case. I'd imagine you are to as going to as well. Yep. yep. I mean, yep, yep, I, yep, yep, it yep. is fascinating because it is all the precedents it can and will set. It's I there's a it, lot going on in it. It sets precedents in terms of civil uh, legal action, um, criminal legal action. Uh, in journalism, for social media, for um, content on YouTube, YouTube. Yeah. It, uh, yeah, it's there's there's a lot of possible what? ramifications and takeaways from it when it's all said and done. So I'm going to keep an eye on on that, and then, I mean, have you been the, the rollout of the vaccine still going pretty shit? Oh yeah, I was just reading an article from Michael West about how we apparently we turned down. Millions of doses of um, Pfizer last uh, year in July. Yeah, because I don't know, because it was 
too expensive or something. It rejects offer of 40 million Pfizer doses in July. And did you see they just, um, they've marked AstraZeneca as uh, only for use for people 60 or older? 60 and older, yeah. I didn't see that, which is shit. Because that's uh, what I've read or heard is AstraZeneca is the only vaccine we make in Australia. And so I think that's, and I think, Healthcare professionals are just having an absolutely chaotic time with it because people are just cancelling appointments, showing up and then leaving because they don't want AstraZeneca, booking in, thinking they're going to get Pfizer and then they've run out of supply so they're not going to get Pfizer so they don't. Can't. It's just I would not want to be a nurse or a doctor right now. I mean, it's probably been a pretty tough year and a half in general for them and well, I can't wait and- for nurses to go on strike once things calm down a little bit for a pay increase, which they, you know, they probably deserve. I, you would know a few nurses as well as myself, won't name any names, but I know people that have been in the industry that still haven't, and you know, working with the elderly, still haven't had the vaccine. Yep. You think they'd be top priority. Mm-hmm. And, and I know some that only recently got them within the last month. And part of the reason, like some of the reasoning behind it, is that the con- some of the contractors for the nurse are arguing over who needs to pay for the vaccines and things like that. Yep, I know it's it's wild. Um, <laughs> it's absolutely and like the one of the recent outbreaks. I, I don't know if it was the Sydney COVID outbreak that's starting is linked to a um not a, a healthcare worker but another worker at the quarantine hotel or whatever that wasn't vaccinated and they picked it up and spread it. It's just crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So yeah, just keep that in mind. Vaccine rollout is still a bungle. The quarantine on- is still a bungle. <laughs> the ongoing cases of the civil and criminal cases of friendly Geordies, the like the results of those I th- I think are gonna be very interesting to see what happens from there. There's a lot going on at the moment. Even if you are stuck in your houses, I think everyone's really keen to get out. And, you know, NBA playoffs are on as well. There's a lot going on in the world. (laughs) What is happening Uh, with the NBA today? What's going on? Hold on. (laughs) Ooh, the Sixers beat the Hawks, forcing game seven. (laughs) Let's see if Ben Simmons and Australian actually did anything useful. How's your vertical jump going? Is it jump or leap? I, I don't know. Half dozen one, six of the other. I think it's the same thing. It's uh, So I'm just finishing my week off. So I did three weeks of it. And then you get a week off. And now I'm going to start again on Monday. So stepping Excellent. up the program. So that's going to be interesting. I haven't had a chance to like measure if my leap has improved at all. I'll do that Monday. I'll measure my leap. And then I'll do the program and I'll see what I improve from there. Excellent. Uh, I think this is a wrap for this week's episode. Was there anything else you wanted to add or say? Uh, so I'd probably sort of summarize my thoughts on this whole friendly Geordies thing as saying this, this police unit is in theory a good thing. It sounds like something that's helping a lot of people who are in pretty desperate situations and freeing up resources for counter-terrorism action. But the way it's been utilized or abused in this situation 
isn't good and it needs to be held accountable to that so it doesn't happen again. Excellent summary. Uh, All I will say is see you later, suckers. Stay safe and stay informed.